2: everyone. Welcome to Getting On Top. I'm your host, Paul Morris, and we're here Tuesdays from 4 to 4.30 p.m., that's East Coast time, and we broadcast from the southern Hudson Valley region of New York State. If you're out of town, this is simply the northern suburbs of New York City, my own town. And I'm very, very happy today to have uh, a guest, Raz Chan. And uh, I also want to tell you, if, if someone would like to call in with a question or comment for me or my guest, the call-in number is 1-347-215-9456, and today we're going to be talking about the Human Excellence Project, which is a new book by Raj Chan, and for those on the website, I spelled Mr. Chan's name wrong, I apologize, I spelled it C-H-E-N, it should be C-H-A-N. And and, uh, Roz Chan is an entrepreneur, best-selling author, and speaker focusing on helping individuals achieve human excellence through personal self-development and wellness. Roz holds a black belt and is a two-time world silver medalist and two-time U.S. Open champ in the arts of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, recognized as one of America's premier experts for his contribution in the field of personal development. Raj is also a best-selling author for the book, Power, Principles for Success, with the legend Brian Tracy, and now with a new book, The Human Excellence Project. Uh, Mr. Chan holds a BA in history and licensed health professional with a degree in osteopathic manual practice and is is certified as a mixed uh, mixed martial arts conditioning coach. And you can find out more about him is at www.razchan.com. That's razcha com. Today, uh, Mr. Chan and I will be discussing his new book, The Human Excellence Project, Lessons Even Awesome Parents Never Teach. And we'll be covering such topics as patience, passion, focus, confidence, courage, humility, and honor, and how they relate to achieving success. Uh, Hi. Mind if I call you (laughs) Raz? No, no problem. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. We've been talking off the air already, trying to be polite. uh, (laughs) Uh, Well, I know you're on the west coast of Canada, up there, and I'm down here in, uh, in New York City. So, as I always like to start with someone like yourself, in order to help encourage younger people, you know, to to hang in there and to, you know, develop uh, a life where they can fulfill their passion. And I know myself, you know, it takes a lot of hard work. And if I had to give anybody one piece of advice, don't give up. Believe in yourself. And I think by hearing other people's stories, it gives, you know, younger people, uh, uh, you know, some... A little more confidence that it could be done, and I know if they buy your book, they'll get the full story. But just as a uh, as an introduction, what made you you know become a, a champion and and someone to uh, to help other people you know develop their own skills?
1: Uh, thank you, Paul. Uh, the The thing about it was on uh, by childhood uh, when when we grew up. Uh, of course, uh, being a first-generation Canadian, uh, trying to integrate with into you know regular um, Western society, it was it was quite tough. And I, I remember going to school and facing these challenges of uh, not belonging because uh, I was Chinese. I was I was quite different. And uh, as I got a little bit older, um, so was I uh, nine years old. My father, who owned the restaurant business, he had lost his business. Yeah. Due to bankruptcy And uh, we, we definitely weren't rich When up to that point And certainly after that We were left in the poorhouse. And for many years uh, I'd be huddled underneath my bed covers Crying at night Because my parents would argue Till real hours of the morning 4 a.m. in the morning Over money And uh, we, we had a very limited mindset On what we can achieve And I remember standing outside my house And just looking across At the, the road where the rich people lived and wondered to myself, well, what does it take to get there and how come we are stuck over here? And it was something I always dreamed about was becoming successful and feeling a sense of belonging, which I didn't have at the time. And during that time, my father, he never gave up. He wanted to still own a business. So what he did was he took a job as a delivery driver with Kentucky Fried Chicken in a really bad part of town. And while he did that at nighttime in the morning, he'd get up early and run his business outside the basement of, in the basement of our home. And what he did was he started a bean sprout business in the basement of our home. And he did that for many years. And for the first few years, we lost a lot of money and there was no end in sight. It seemed like we were going into this, this, um, this spiral of poverty. And, It took many, many years, but because of sheer determination, resilience, um, family backing, I had to go to work at the age of 10 along my siblings to help out. And we never had a holiday. And lo and behold, many, many years later, when I got to the age of 23, he finally found success. And now it's been, oh, since 1979, uh, the business now is flourishing and it's a multi-million dollar business in Manitoba where he controls the beansprunt market, the cow food, the, the seafood, and everything that goes out to Chinese restaurants are all through my father. And he always told me to to, to just be determined and to persevere and not, not to worry about what other people think of you Because he took a lot of criticism from people because when he was going through his journey, they are saying, well, you know, you're not going to make it. You're, you're crazy. Why don't you just go get a regular job. And if you listen to everybody, he would still be driving delivery uh, truck. And for myself, I, I don't know where I would be without that, that inspiration, that drive and determination from him.
2: Well, you know, he was a, he was a great example for you. And, and, you know, it's funny how everybody wants to tell you you can't do it, you can't do it. Not because they really believe it. I think they do it because they believe you can do it, and it would make them feel bad in comparison,
1: you know? (laughs) Exactly.
2: So I always tell people, don't take negative advice. Only listen to people who tell you you can, you can Because what difference does it make? You have your choice of who to listen to, you know, but people always are afraid you're going to make it and they're going to feel bad, you know? It really gets me upset when people think, "Oh, it's all luck." You know, yeah. Tell the guy who worked yes. for ten years to build his business—it's <laughs> luck. I mean, it's so absurd, sure. it, it, it's mind-boggling. But some people actually believe that. And I think it's sad. I think it's sad. But uh, it is. Well, it's great. So you—you you had a great role model, and uh, <laughs> you know, my, my father too had his own little business. He never made a lot of money, but he was happy because he didn't have to answer to anyone. And he didn't worry about what other people thought, and I, you know, I kind of picked up on that as, as well. And I think it served me. Sometimes it got got me in trouble, but <laughs> most of the time yeah, it served yeah. me well. So how did you get into uh, martial arts? Was that your was that your entree into everything else?
1: Yeah. Well, my father was actually a martial artist himself. He actually. Oh, he was. Uh, ah. oper- yeah, he was. He operated one of the. He ran one of the first martial arts schools in Western Canada, and my father was a oh, um, busy guy. He was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he, he, uh, he it was his dream. His, it was actually his dream. To, to, <laughs> it was actually a dream to, for him to uh, become a martial to own a martial arts school, and he never oh, fulfilled nice. that dream. And what happened was, uh, he didn't feel that he was able to make money in it. There was, um, and of course, four kids and my mom screaming in his ear to get a regular job, I guess he, he buckled under the pressure and decided to, um, to just teach uh, on the side as a, as a part-time thing and uh, he introduced me to Bruce Lee at a young age and I, of course, you know facing racism with, in the 70s being Chinese uh, I, I, was, I was amazed that there was an Asian superstar finally on the screen because everyone admired Charles Bronson Clint Eastwood nice. Have a oh Bruce to Lee, yeah, yeah. He was the, huge. Uh, I was going to mention it. Yeah. yeah, so he inspired me. And he it, taught a lot of the
2: uh, Hollywood guys. Yes, they he, took he, lessons from him, him Bruce Lee. And, yeah, in California. Yeah,
1: yeah. very amazing journey, and uh, and that's and what happened was time when we we're going through the struggle. Of course, there was a lot of. Uh, Infighting and resentment between me and my parents because I resented. I, I, I you know, blame my father for creating this mess for us, and of course we had to, uh, we had to, you know, work so hard all those years. Mm. And as I, as I left home after to get away from, from all the the turbulence in the house, uh, I'd start to look into myself and and. I realized that I needed to change my ways because I carried carried a lot of anger, resentment. Uh, I didn't really belong in school. I didn't feel like I could really fit in any group. Uh, So when I came out to move up from Winnipeg to Vancouver, I started to read self-help books. I started to read stuff from Brian Tracy. started listening to Tony Robbins. And I started to uh, get back into martial arts because I had quit at the age of 16 because my father was a very stern, tough man. There was no hugging, none of that kind of stuff. He didn't coddle you. And I remember when I was 16 years old, I went to a tournament and my father was wrestling the tournament. Well, anyways, I I screwed up really bad and I ended up losing the match, getting beaten pretty badly. And on the way home, he blasted me in the car, telling me how I was lucky to even get third place. And I remember going home and and rushing up to my bedroom and took the trophy and speed in the garbage can. I told him I was never going to do martial arts again after that. So I left mm. it behind till the age of 26. And when I got out here, I, I started to uh, train again. And I said, this time I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep on going. And that mm. is what happened. I got into the mixed martial arts because I saw the Ultimate Fighting Championship and I saw this little Brazilian man who was beating everybody. And I thought, this is incredible. What is this stuff? And started so I to write down to the, academy in the you and know, the Gracie Kennedy down in the States. And that's why I got my introduction to the mixed martial arts, and I started training it. And I found that it really helped me uh, overcome a lot of challenges and to build up my confidence and spirit. And that's what I I do now is I channel, uh, I, I teach a lot of these principles I learned from the martial arts uh, as a personal development for individuals and corporations. Mm-hmm.
2: So I would just say, you know, for for people feeling, you know, they're they're under a a burden and everything that this is your gift because by overcoming your burden, all you learn not only will push you beyond even what you might have dreamed, but will you know, give you the, you know, all this information that you could pass along to the next generation. I mean, that's actually the burden is the opportunity, you know,
1: I I mean, uh, think
2: of people who are given everything and never have to work. They have nothing. They sit there it's with sad, those dead true. eyes, you know, it's because, it's they, they, you know, they're afraid of losing what they have, but uh, they didn't really earn it. So, yes. you know, this is what it's about. It's not about really where you get even. It's just the journey. It's what you learn along the way. That's really what counts. That's what you take with you. So, you know, think of it as an opportunity, a blessing, a, a challenge, whatever it is. You know, rather than yeah. letting, don't let it scare you off. You could do it. You just have to believe in yourself. So let's sure. let's look into the book and let's talk a little about some of the, uh, you know, some of the chapters here. And you know, okay. these are common common terms: patience, responsibility. But let's look at the things that people might feel uh, surprised at hearing about a champion, like humility. Why is that important? That's mm.
1: very important because I think, I believe, okay, it's people don't ask enough questions and don't believe, because they worry about being judged and the fear of being laughed at. Uh, I, and I go through this example because I see many of the students that uh, come to the school when I'm teaching, and if I ask them, do you have any questions, most are reluctant to ask until after class because they're afraid that they're going to be judged or they're going to look stupid in front of people. And I can understand where it, a lot of it's coming from, because my mother was a screamer. And when she's stressed, everyone in the house knew about it. Like you, you know you can feel it for weeks. And I remember asking her for 30 cents to go to 7-Eleven to get a Slurpee when I was 10 years old, of course, <laughs> Uh, we, were, we, were, we were broke at the time and my father didn't have any money so she just went off on me and she says, well you think we're made of money uh, you know who do you think you are we think we're rich and it traumatized me to a point where I, I associated asking with being a burden and what had happened was years later on I didn't, I didn't ask questions in, in school when I was having trouble I didn't ask mm-hmm. people for help when I was in trouble. And when I got into the workforce in the corporate world, I wouldn't speak up during meetings. I wouldn't speak up when mm-hmm. things bothered me. I wouldn't speak up when a supervisor was bullying me, even though I knew I had uh, I had the opportunity to speak to the manager or to HR about it because you should have a full free workplace. But I, mm-hmm. I just let it happen because I thought it was acceptable behavior. Mm-hmm. But... I realized later on through training the martial arts that asking makes you powerful. It allows you mm-hmm. to find out what your weaknesses are and be able to improve on those weaknesses and turn it into a strength. For example, mm-hmm. if I was to ask someone that's a celebrity for an endorsement, most people would say, well, no, I'm not going to bother to ask because that person is celebrity they probably don't think anything of me. They don't care about me and there's no way I'm going to get it. Well, Mm -hmm. how do you know if you you don't even try and already what you've done is you rejected yourself before you even put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And there's so much opportunity to be had. If you Mm -hmm. take that step all the time and, and step out of your fear. So I never, I always encourage people always, always, always ask if you're a salesperson Get on the phone. Make Absolutely. a bunch of sales call for 30 minutes. If you're not comfortable with it, start with 10 minutes. Work yourself up. And then before you know it, you become used to it. Because the more you put in there, the more uh, lines, if you're going fishing, the more lines that you cast out into to the lake, the yes. more opportunities, the more fish you're going to yes. catch. And that's, yes. yeah, yes. That, and that's, I have to, We have to humble ourselves, yes. Yes. I have, to, I
2: have to two comments about that. One, uh, when I started my business uh, uh, about 25 years ago, after I left the corporate world, I I worked with this woman from, she had a PhD from Yugoslavia. She was uh, also a Buddhist. And she used Mm. to talk about making causes, as in cause and effect. In other words, if you want something to happen, you have to create, you have to do something. Like you said, ask. Do something. Another I thought kind of funny a uh, 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 thing that happened when I was in business. Uh, this man uh, was a programmer. I needed someone to program a demo for me because I was selling uh, computer-based training at the time, and he was a Chinese man from the, who lived in my na- you know nearby. And uh, you know, I would be going over his house. He lived. You know, close by we was going over his house from time to time as we' are developing the demo and he' programming it for me and it, it, it reminded me when you said your, your mother would scream and stuff like that one time we were outside like in the street and his wife came in the driveway and screamed something in Chinese to him, and he like froze you know, and he, he like moved you know he he responded immediately and went right in, so I told my wife. <laughs> And she says, I'd love to know what she
0: said. <laughs>
2: I wanna know, I wanna know, I wanna learn that. <laughs> yes, yes. It was so funny. I didn't expect my wife to say that.
1: Funny. <laughs> anyway. Uh
2: okay. Well another thing I think that's important I think it's important in life and every aspect of life, or especially if you want to achieve something worthwhile, and that's courage. You know, I mean, yes. it, it's an interesting concept. You know, how do you, how do you, you know, people would say, well, how do you get courage? <laughs> it's very hard. Yes. Yes. Now, how do you get courage? How do oh, you overcome wow. you? Yeah, the,
1: what, that? What that was? That you do
2: over that, that, you know, the top there?
1: You know, yeah, over I mean, that,
2: that that's bridge, you know, because we don't know what's on the other side. That's the thing about it. You don't know it's yes. over that hill. You gotta get yes. up there though. You gotta climb the hill to look on the other side. It's scary. That's right.
1: It's That's scary. Right. Right. It it's is. scary. Yeah.
2: So why why did you ha- why why were you able to do
1: that? Make that climb. Yeah, and, and without... it was, Paul Paul, I'm glad you asked that question. And it was a difficult climb as well uh, to to go from a scared kid because I was not the, I was not the biggest kid. I was, I was, uh, I was usually target to, um, to push around in, in school. And where, where it made the difference was I, I decided to go with a, a group of people that support me. So find a support structure that's going to allow me to, to grow. For example, I, when I first joined Brazilian Jitsu, I, I went into a really rough, tumble gym. I didn't know any better, right? I, I went into a really rough tumble gym. There was a lot of uh, uh, people with tattoos and um, you know just really huge, chucked-up steroid guys.
0: And I am right. got my
1: arm broken within the first two minutes. And I said, I'm out of <laughs> here. This, this is not for me, right? Uh, I didn't sign up for this, so I left. But then I found another place where they, they, they ease me slowly into it. And the people there were, fit my culture. Uh, there they, they, they weren't a bunch of brutes in there. And slowly over time, as, as I went through it, I became more comfortable. And before you know it, I was able to do some of the techniques really, really well and became quite good at it. And I think that's what people have to understand is when you start off in the beginning, you find yourself in a comfortable environment, uh, people that support you, or whatever or if you have a fear of public speaking, for example, which many people do, go to a place like Toastmasters where they're gonna encourage you and right. give you positive feedback and start off very slowly. Don't expect change overnight. But as soon as you take that first step and you have the encouragement, you know you can do it, then you can take the next step after that. Then the next step after that. And then you realize, wow, you know, I've got so much more potential in me. I can do this. I really can do this. And when you Mm -hmm. conquer that one step, you conquer that one fear, that that big fear in your life, then other things open up in your life. What else can I do to Mm -hmm. better myself? So Mm -hmm. maybe now public speaking, you're going to go to, let's say, dating, for example, asking someone Mm out, right? A lot of people have a fear of that, or it could be in sales. Mm -hmm. So everything around you after that becomes that much easier to achieve excellence, Mm -hmm. I mean for myself I, I went out and i took a a theater class improv and proved my my uh my public speaking and that's something i have never mm-hmm. done in my life and my wife mm. is so surprised so uh, now, I, now i'm now more um, i guess uh not as wary of stepping out of my comfort zone because I've done mm-hmm. all these things I've conquered all these things
0: so mm-hmm. it, it's it's not
1: um I look at it as now as is the the beauty of the challenge, the beauty of learning something new. Because we're all meant to to be on this earth to experience and that's what riches our Absolutely. lives.
2: Absolutely It's a it's a place of action. It's a physical environment. And yeah, I meditate yeah. you know and all well, that too, but it, you know, and that's fine, but that just keeps our head above water. But the bottom line is, you know, we're in this world of duality for a reason. So we might as well face it and Get what we can out of it. That's my belief, yeah. and I agree with you as yeah. far as courage. You know, you take little steps, and every one time, it gives you a little more, a little more ability. Even if you don't know what's going to be at the end, get over that next hill, and then the next one, and the next one. Before you know it, you're moving like a freight train. You know, you're exactly. propelled forward. Exactly. A couple of more um, uh, areas that that I want to uh, uh, talk about that are very important. One, of course, is passion. So Mm -hmm. what do you tell people about that?
1: Yeah, you have to be passionate in what you do do to be the – I truly believe if you're passionate, you're going to be excellent at it. And the reason why I say this is because being raised in a traditional Chinese family, you either went to school and became a doctor, lawyer, or you're a nobody. And that's the way my parents thought. There's, there's Dr. Lawyer Yeah. yeah. So Sounds like them, the I'm, Jews. Yeah. I
0: mean, I'm Jewish. Yeah, yeah, very, pretty, very similar. Very I similar. said, the Jewish like,
2: mother wants her kids
1: to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah,
0: so, uh, uh, so awesome. I told my parents, you
1: know, I think when I came to selecting my university course, my mom and dad said, well, what do you want to be? And I said, well, I'm not sure. Maybe I'll be a journalist. And they start mumbling in Chinese. This is over dim sum. And I heard my mom's like, No, 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 no. Tell, tell him you cannot do it. You cannot do it. You can't do it because there's no money in it, right? And my dad. And then of no course money. my dad. Uh Sub says your mother says you should not go to journalism. So you're gonna go to something else. <laughs> so what? Oh, what are you going? He goes, Well, why don't you become a lawyer? Why don't you? Why don't you become a doctor? I said, well, I don't like looking at sick people. I don't think I'll make a very good lawyer. <laughs> And I said, okay, well, so I'll choose accounting. And when I graduated, uh, I took a, a accounting certification course, and, and I ended up in a, a junior accounting job. And I was miserable for years and years. And I used to look out my office window, and at the age of 27, I looked out there and I said, wow, oh, you know, there's got to be more than this. I can't do this till I'm 65. I'm going crazy in here. Yeah, and I, I wasn't you. a very good accountant. <laughs> I, I, was, I was horrible. I was horrible. I was making mistakes all the time. And I said to myself, well, you know, I got to do something that where my heart is in it because yeah. when my heart is in it, then, then, you know, you can't wait to get up in the morning to do it. And I wake up every day now excited about the day. I can't wait to get down and, and, and teach yeah. martial arts or to talk about personal development or to speak to groups of people. It's, it's a wonderful feeling. and I think everybody should, uh, to experience that because they all got their special gifts and I believe that they should share with the rest of the world.
2: Yes. Everybody has a passion. Even if they say they don't, they usually These. do. They, just, they were turned off. Everyone has it. That's right. I got to tell you a quick story about what, what happened. I was, I was, uh, you know, kind of in, in, uh, in semi-retirement. I was working, helping people, you know, who lost their jobs to get back in the workplace. So I worked for this company, and we reviewed uh, resumes all day long. And this young man who was about 37 came in, and uh, he was in finance. And I said, oh, you know, I looked at his resume. I had a good background. And I said, what do you want to do? And he says, I don't know. I'm really am not crazy about finance, but I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to do. And I don't know what came over me. I just I looked at him, and I said, yes, you do. And he looked at me and said, No, no, no. And I, I just, I'm telling you, it was funny. And I said, Yes, you do.
0: And he said, No, no, I don't.
2: I said, Yes, you do.
0: And then all of a
2: sudden, like his face changed completely his whole body language. And he looked at me and he leaned forward and he says, I always want to be a dancer. He said. <laughs> So he had it, but he wouldn't admit it to himself until I yes, yes. beat him over the head. You know, I don't know. It's funny. <laughs> you know, I always want to be a it dancer. Is. It is. I mean, I, I was. I'm, I didn't know what would happen. I don't. I didn't plan this. It just came out of me. You know. And, right. and then, and then this thing. It was like, oh my god, really? <laughs> so I believe we all have a passion when we're little, but either are told, you know, we're not going to make money or, you know, it's not a, an honorable profession or, or whatever it might be, you know. Uh, people like us don't do those, you know, whatever, you know, your background or what your parents do. You know, we all have these things that happen d- depending on our backgrounds and so on and so forth. And, yes. or, or for whatever reason, we're talked out of it, you know. and. Yes. So, you know, we don't believe in ourselves, but there's always something there. If you're honest with yourself and you go back to when you were innocent and, you know, you just let things be what they were, you could find that passion. And when you do it, like you said, every day you get up, you can't wait, you know, to to do your job. You know, I I was out on a weekend with a neighbor who was a uh, NYPD, New York City police uh, detective. And he yes. loved it, you know. He said, "I know you love." It. He said, "Oh yeah, I love getting out there and just you know getting in the street and working the working the beat." You know, he couldn't wait to do it. And that's what life yes. is about. It's not about being. Look, everybody wants to make money, but you know, what's the good of it if you're ha- if you're unhappy? If you're ha- if, you know if you're unhappy every day, it, 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 you know, if you can buy them both, that's the best. But oh, that's it's only right. a passion. Fulfilling a passion. There's another one here. We're going to go a little over if you have a little more time.
1: Sure, of course. Okay,
2: we'll go maybe another five or ten minutes. Um, Sounds good. So, I just want people to know because we're we may have um, end the live feed. If, if if the live feed ends, you could just hear everything on the podcast. Just bring it up. And, go, you know, go to the end of the podcast and you could continue listening. You're listening to Getting On Top on Block Talk Radio. We had Tuesdays from 4 to 4.30 p.m. East Coast time. And my guest today is Raz Chan. And we're talking about his new book, The Human Excellence Project. So, now this is something, presence. I, I didn't think a lot about this years ago, but... You know, I, someone talk, t- talked about that to me once and even said they thought I had it. And I said, wow, that's that's a great compliment. So, what is presence and why is it important? And how you get it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, first of all, I have to say, Paul, you do have presence. You have, you have the if factor, right? And Thank you. It's
2: a nice compliment. Yes. I appreciate it. Believe me, I didn't always. I wasn't always like this, I guarantee you. Took a lot of work. Right. If yes, you knew yes. me when I was yeah. a kid, you wouldn't
1: say that like that. But anyway, guys. <laughs> same here, same here. Yeah, and and uh, body language, the way you conduct yourself. Uh, when 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 I was a when I was a child, it uh, uh, actually from observation, I, I got picked on a lot because uh, my family was poor. Uh, of course I didn't dress in the best clothes because uh, we we couldn't afford it and I couldn't afford a lot of things that a lot of kids had. So I walked around with my head down, and plus, I was kind of ashamed being Chinese because of the some of the racism really? in my area, and yeah. it made me a target for bullies, because they're, they're looking yeah. to pick on the person that, who doesn't look like they can defend themselves, and I didn't want to look yeah. at people's eyes, and, and it made a huge difference. I, and it, it, it carried on right till, till I was a, a young adult, because I, I'd be uh, sitting somewhere, and someone would decide to come up, and they would want to pick a fight with me for some reason, or or push me. But as mm-hmm. I started training martial arts uh, seriously in the jiu-jitsu, and I became a black belt, I, I never had any problems after that. I didn't have to, I didn't have to uh, fight because the, the competitions never came, and and I realized that uh, they always they always stress you know, uh, confident body language, but I never need a power of it till mm. I achieve my, my background the way you stand the way you the, the way you make eye contact the way you um, mm. conduct your uh, conduct your body language is so important in the way people perceive you, and they actually uh, now know that uh, before you even say a word, people already made a judgment about you
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and and so it shows the power of body language and of course I watched Amy Cuddy talk on on TED, and she's a psychologist with uh, Harvard, and she talks about the power pose, on how if we stand in a Superman position, we actually raise our testosterone levels, and that's what the studies concluded. Yeah, but if we sit in a fetal position, or with our arms crossed, we're in what they call a low-power position, and we actually release the stress hormone cortisol, and subconsciously, I didn't know that I was actually doing this in competition. When I would uh, face off with my opponent, and there's a picture in the book, I'll have my hands on my hips mm-hmm. as I stare, stare across the ring. And that was to raise the testosterone. But what I was looking for in the opponent was whether their hands were on their hips or whether their head was looking down to the floor and not looking at mm-hmm. me. Because mm-hmm. when that happened, I knew that I had my opponent.
0: Because mm-hmm. I knew he mm-hmm. wasn't
1: confident just the way they mm-hmm. look and the way they carry their, their body yeah. positioning. So that's, yeah. I mean, we can use presence to to help us feel better about ourselves. And even when we don't, we're not where we want to be yet in terms of success, we can still practice positive body language. Mm-hmm. And by doing mm-hmm. so, you'll feel it. And and I and I do it every day, whenever I have a challenge in my life, whenever I start to feel, and you know, I, I still get insecurities. You know, it's not like everything just goes away. You know, sometimes you have a little bit of self doubt, and I stand mm-hmm. power pose for a minute or two, and then I start thinking positive thoughts about how I'm going to go about conquering this this uh, this um, this little fear, and and then it, it really, really, really does help me. It really does, and I. Mm-hmm. I, I they actually recommend it for people who are going into interviews or any situations where they're really nervous is to spend some time power posing before you go in for an interview. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. I used to do that before a sales call and meditate and see the sales call going perfectly before yes. I went in. It makes a big difference, the power of positive thinking. I want to just quote Emerson, a 19th century American uh, uh writer, uh, and he said, "Who you are speaks so loudly, I can't hear a word you say." It, it's just going back to what you were talking about. People pick up mm-hmm. your body language, you know, yes. and that's yes. that's what they really, you know, that's what they really get from you more than words. It's how you hold sure. yourself, how you carry yourself. And exactly. I, you know, I don't know, I don't know if you could fake it though. I mean, you got to. You got to really feel it, you know. You got to really feel it. But once you do, it's there, and you can't get rid of it. <laughs> like, yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. But uh, it's a, it's a very interesting concept. And they say women, the number I just read this recently, the number one thing women look for, what impresses them about a man, is presence. You know. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was presence. Sure. I buy things that. It didn't work, you know.
0: Not too. <laughs> I
2: said, "How come it's not working?" And I, now you tell me when it's too late. A different kind of presence. Uh, i like But uh, well, we can end with that with that little joke. But um, so, just to wrap up, we got about five minutes to wrap up. You know what? What do you want to get across to people uh, with this book? What, what do you want to take away from uh, you know all this that you're writing?
1: Yeah, well, what what I really really want is, is is for people to not let their their youth, what happens in their youth, to determine their happiness and how much success they can enjoy uh, in their life as an adult. And I also want to – the book's not only just for adults. There's a lot that can be learned from this book for uh, for parents to pass on these uh, personal development uh, tips to their children because I never had that as a, as a child growing up. Uh, I had my father who, who, you know, was really good in business, but he never really said, well, you need to do this and this. He just says, hard work, determination, right? Yes, it is, but – when you can go back and, and, and teach some of these principles to the kids at a young age, for example, in the book I mentioned, mentorship, following successful people. So instead of wasting time uh, hanging around people that, that are negative or people or friends that are going to lead you down the wrong path, you can go find, seek out these mentors. These success, if you want to become a successful realtor, find a successful realtor at the age of 13 ask them, can I pick your brain about real estate once a month or something, maybe by a phone call, and, and learn from these people. So by the time you finish school, you're going to have these success principles and you're going to know what it's going to take for you to succeed as an adult. And that I believe that's what I was missing when I, when I left school was I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to... Uh, to find success, and success doesn't necessarily mean money. It could be happiness, or and living your life according to what you want, not what other people expect of you.
2: Excellent. And I'll tell some. I have a I have a preview copy of your book. It's written very well, very simply. I like that. You know, not a, not a lot of uh, extra stuff in here. It's very pithy. Mm-hmm. It's right to the point. And it's written in, in an excellent style, and it's somewhat concise, which I like. I hate these long, long, boring books. This gets right to the point, and it makes it well. So I highly recommend you yep. can go to Amazon, I guess, Barnes & Noble online, and, uh, and you could order uh, the Human Excellence Project, Raz Chan. So thank you, Raz. Yep. And uh, maybe you, we could uh, work together in the future. Let's we'll talk offline
1: for sure, for
2: sure. I think you're really onto something here.
1: And I, w- I just want to mention one thing, Paul. The re- and, and sure. I-, I want to thank you for mentioning that it's it's really concise. The reason why I wrote yeah. it that way is because people are time challenged now. They're distracted. They don't they don't want to uh, read a long two hundred three hundred page book. Yeah. And I want to write something that was that was simple. Straight to the point that they can um, start in any chapter and just get a, a, a daily uh, tip or dose of what mm-hmm. uh, the principle is behind it yes. to encourage people to to read because a lot of people I I talk to they they don't want to read a 200 page book oh my god yes. I don't want to read it it's too long yes. right so, but, so it's, there's a reason for that
2: excellent and uh, you know I'm one of those people I, I uh, reading you know I, I actually have a reading uh, disability so it's it's painful for me to read too much and this gets right to the point, your chapters are outlined well with the topics so it's like a great, not only simple to get through and right to the point but it's a great reference, you can go right to that chapter if, you, if you're concerned about any of those concepts and um, it's a good read. So thank you Raz Chan for being my guest today And uh, thanks, listeners, for listening. We'll be back uh, Tuesday at 4 o'clock. And uh, if you want to find out more about Raj Chan, then you can go to his website, which is www.razchan.com. That's rajchan.com. If you'd like to find out more about me and what I do, working with people with depression. It's www.depressivesanonymous.org. And we're going to leave with uh, Freight Train Freddy, which is a children's book I wrote. It's the uh, holidays, the Christian holidays are coming up, Jewish holidays towards the end of the year. Make a great present for kids uh, 6 to 60. And it's sung by Peter Tazone, who was the with the person who illustrated the book and we're going to leave you with Frey Trey Freddy bye Roz, bye everyone
0: he was up each morning with the dawn because he knew his daily run was long and hard and he had to be ready Get his freight train down the track Determination he would never lack The little locomotive Called Freight Train Freddy Everybody was his friend And they all helped him to the end To keep those freight cars Rolling along steady He never knew what to expect and was very careful not to wreck the little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy The little locomotive called Freight Train Freddy <laughs>